Hey everybody, uh, Pete Werner here. Uh, before we get started with today's pre-recorded show, I have some sad news that I wanted to share with all of you. Uh, Al Magi, uh, John Magi's father, passed away last night at the age of 86. Um, he had recently fallen ill in the last couple of months and uh, passed away passed away last night. So uh, we pre-recorded the show yesterday, so I just found out about this uh, this morning. So I just wanted to ask all of you to please uh, keep John and his family in your thoughts and prayers, uh, especially over Thanksgiving. Uh, it's never easy to lose a parent, especially difficult when it happens over the holidays. And uh, the family is asking that uh, in lieu of flowers, that donations be made uh, to give kids the world in his dad's name. It's uh, Alfred Magi. Um, and uh, we'd appreciate your support and your uh, good thoughts and prayers for John and his family. Now on with this week's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, changes to Disney's Magical Express have some guests upset. More information about the upcoming edition of Star Wars Land to Disney's Hollywood Studios have been announced, also to the Disneyland version of that. We'll discuss those. And we're also going to discuss an article on the Diz this week by contributor Declan Floyd, where he discusses when Disney should be putting up their holiday decorations. Uh, also, a little later on, we're going to talk about the holiday events that we are looking forward to uh, this season at Walt Disney World. All that coming up next from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. This is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 966, for the week of November 21st, 2017. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Mr. Sean Falk. Hi. Mr. Charles Boda. Hello. Mr. Steve Porter. Hello. And back in the production nook, Mr. Craig Williams. Hello. And uh, we're a little uh, little light this week um, uh, because a lot of folks are heading out uh, for Thanksgiving. So Rhino's on the road. Uh, Kathy and Teresa have family in town. Um, John and Kevin have things going on. So uh, we are actually pre-recording this. We are not live. You will notice I did not say coming to you live from the Bob Varley studio because we're actually pre-recording this on Monday. So here's hoping no major stories come out after we do this. But um, yeah, you are, I mean, everybody's getting ready for, for Thanksgiving, but we did not want to miss a show this week. We've already missed a few over the last couple of months, and you know I hate doing that. But uh, So we wanted to make sure we had a show going up. So we just thought we'd... We pre-record today. It's Monday, and uh, we just knocked off a couple of uh, other shows for December, uh, for Best and Worst of uh, Walt Disney World and our Disney Dining Show. Um, but uh, in housekeeping, just a couple things I want to mention. First and foremost, um, we have um, someone that is kind of a, a video contributor, we'll call him. His name is Mark Anderson out in California. Put together a video for us. Uh, what, I, what, I, what's the series name again? What are we calling it, Craig? Uh, Magic of 
the Park? Magic of the Parks. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. That's what we're calling it. Um, sure it is. It's, <laughs> it's a, a style of video we have not done before. And Mark did an incredible job. Incredible job of shooting this, narrating it. And uh, this first one is um, a, uh, uh, a document. It's almost documentary style mm-hmm. of the riverboat, the Mark Twain. Um, really informative. At, at Disneyland and the history of it. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, when he, when he sent it in and I looked at it, I was absolutely over the moon. Abs- and the, the comments we're getting on it are awesome. I really want you to check it out. We will have a link to it in the show notes page, disunplugged.com. It's also currently being featured on the homepage of the Diz, www.info.com. And, of course, you can go over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash info. This is on the Diz YouTube channel. And check it out there along with some other videos we have. We also have another YouTube channel other than that, youtube.com slash disunplugged. We have all these things. And I can't keep track of it. So I have to ask Craig, like, where is it? <laughs> you know, where, where, where do we put it? Um, I know 90% of the time. Well, you better know 100% of the time, pal, because <laughs> you're the one doing it. So, But Mark did an amazing job with this. So I really encourage you. Um, it's short. It's, I think it's about 10, 12 minutes long. About seven. Seven? Yeah. Seven minutes long. Really informative. Really incredibly informative. Very proud of the job he did on this. And uh, there'll be some more coming uh, in the weeks and months to come. So stay tuned for that. Um, also want to remind everyone about now that it's, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up, we're going on our holiday schedule soon. Um, our last show of the year is going to be December 12th. Uh, 14th. 14th. Right? Yes. Oh, no, no, that's November. That's November. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had it right. 12th. Yes. December right. 12th. Um, no, that's not right. The 19th will be our last show. No, it's not. The 12th is. Never mind. Sorry. You know, I could, you know, look, we, we decided at the last minute we were going to pre-record. So I don't, I normally like really take Monday to uh, sort through my notes, make sure I have my I's dotted, my T's crossed. Um, did not get to do that today. Um, but uh, December 12th will be the last show of the year for the Diz Unplugged Tuesday edition. I think that week you're all wrapping up. I think the Disneyland show wraps up that week. Uh, Universal show wraps up that week. Um, the Disney Dining Show, the Disney and uh, our best and worst of Walt Disney World shows will have episodes airing throughout uh, the rest of the year on their normal schedule because um, we pre-record those. So the shows that we do live, um, we don't. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're taking a. What's the matter? No. The cuckoo clock is going on. No, 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 no. I, I we just like, we had a moment. Yeah, we had a moment. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right, it's gonna be one of those shows. Um, so uh, we will have a lot of content going up uh, throughout December, irrespective. We've been making plans for that. Craig is hard at work on making sure all those things are put together and scheduled. So you will still be seeing us, but um, our Tuesday show will return uh, January second. Um, for you know our first show of the new year, so I just want to remind everybody of that. Anything else in housekeeping? <laughs> no? no. No. I cover everything. Think. All right. So let's start out with uh, some of the news and that we want to discuss this week. First up, and this really, I mean, people are people are losing their minds <laughs> yeah. now. Um, 
due to an increase in security screenings at Orlando International Airport by the TSA, Disney's Magical Express is now picking guests up from their Disney resorts four hours before their scheduled flight time. This policy goes into effect, or went into effect on November 17th. Um, Disney says the policy will be reevaluated in January after the holiday season is over, but while the uh, policy is largely due to uh, an increase uh, in security by the TSA, it's also a precautionary measure as holiday travel increases. Um, so we'll update that if, if it changes, but people are not thrilled because TSA doesn't want you going through security until two hours before your i mean they don't they don't enforce it but mm-hmm. they suggest that you don't go through security until two hours before your flight by the time you get to the airport get checked in you're three hours ahead of your flight time mm-hmm. um and especially for hardcore disney fans yeah. who want every last minute they can get oh, at yeah. world before they have to leave um I, I notice a huge uh, reaction of well i'm gonna uber then or i'm gonna get a taxi or whatever because i'm not going that early um, which I understand because Disney fans, if you if your flight's at six o'clock and now you have to be back to the hotel by you know because you're not going to get there right when the bus is leaving, so you're probably even going to get to the hotel five hours before because you got to get your bags to the front of the hotel and do what you need to do. So you know you, that last day, if your flight's at six o'clock, you have to be back to your hotel at noon. Is it really now even worth? the last day to spend a ticket on if you're only going to be in the parks from 9 a.m. till 12. But, you know, the other side of that is, we, you know, we're hearing the stories about the enhanced screening going on mm-hmm. now that they're making people pull out, you know, potato chips yeah. and mm-hmm. all this other stuff from their mm-hmm. bags really backing up the security mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. Well, I, the, <laughs> the last time I was there about a month ago, the line for security was back out to the food court. For anybody who's been in Orlando International, the food court is not near the security uh, section. But it was snaked around. I mean, it was really, really long. And I got there, and my heart immediately popped up into my throat because I got there two hours early, and I just barely skated through. So I'd recommend don't Uber. Just go there really early, especially the closer it gets to the holidays. There's no point risking it. Yeah, I mean, just like any flight anywhere you have to base it on what time of the day you're leaving so if you're leaving at like you know you have a nine o'clock flight you don't want to show up an hour before your flight because that's when things are very very busy you know but if you're on the 6 a.m flight leaving you don't have to get there four hours before for that right. yeah. it's not going to be that busy well you know, now I, I wouldn't recommend this if you are um, if you're only traveling once a year, but if you travel anything more than that, for me this is really worth it. I signed up for Clear, mm-hmm. um, which you bypass the security line, and they literally will at OIA. It's, it's different policies at different airports, but at Orlando International. And somebody got on me on Twitter because oh, yeah. I said OIA instead of MCO. If I'm flying in, it's MCO. If I'm sitting here, it's Orlando International Airport <laughs> or OIA. It's what we call it. Um, but if I'm flying out of Orlando, um, they first of all, there's no line. Mm-hmm. Um, you can walk right up to clear. You give them your ID and put your thumbprint in. Or no, you just show me your boarding pass and put yeah. your thumbprint in. And then they literally walk you up to the front 
of the security line and you go right through. So um, it's TSA. It, it's not quite as good as TSA PreCheck in that TSA PreCheck, you don't have to take off your shoes, take out your laptop, take off your belt. You still have to do all that with Clear. But you can also sign up for TSA PreCheck. Yeah, and uh, the other difference, too, I, I know a lot of people have been talking about it lately with everything that's been happening. Um, when Orlando is very, very busy, they do sometimes put into effect a policy where they tell people, don't take off your shoes, don't take anything out of your bags. Mm-hmm. Just we're, we're sending everyone through. That doesn't mean it's any less safe. It's just, you know, they they... They're doing it. They're doing it. Yeah, they're doing when when you're taking everything out. That's an overprotection. That's making us feel even better. The the basic setup still there. If anything seems off, they're going to take care of it. (laughs) Right. But one thing that I thought with this, I know there's a lot. It took a long time for Uber to get their deal to finally be able to pick up at Orlando. Mm. Any chance that you think eventually what might happen is that Lyft and Disney strike a deal with Orlando so that way minivans can start sending people to and from so that way if you don't want to use magical I, express I, I think pay that more. could absolutely happen um I think that um if this starts having a real negative impact on magical express less people using it then you'll definitely yeah but yeah but you got to remember why magical express exists Disney wanted to cut off any excuse you might have for renting a car. They wanted you on site, captive audience, mm-hmm. bypass. They wanted you to bypass everything else. They wanted yeah. you to fly into Orlando. We'll, we've got your bags. You can't go anywhere else. We got your bags. And then take you right to the resort. And then you're on property for your whole stay. Your yeah. whole stay. Yeah, right. yeah. And this is what prompted. Universal to create the very popular uh, pass that they sell. We sell it on the Diz. Um, that includes transportation from Disney resorts to Universal, along with uh, entrance to the parks. And we'll make sure Craig puts a puts a link to that pass as well, because you know Magical Express was a success, and that really hurt Universal back in those days. I don't know that it hurts them as much now um, with the draw of Harry Potter, but. Um, so if Magical Express sees, you know, a, 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 a downturn and they find more people are using Uber, you know, because if you use Uber to get to the, you know, to the resort from the airport, you might think about, eh, maybe I'll use Uber to go over here or go over there. And now right. all of a sudden the whole purpose behind Magical Express has kind of been had mm-hmm. whole shot through it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's I just see like. If you know, right now you can use a minivan twenty dollars flat to get you anywhere you want on property where the service is available. Just think if you know, if you're if you do have that extra kind of spending money and you're like, you know what, I do have Magical Express and it's free and I already checked my bags with them and everything, but at the last second if I decide that I want to spend forty dollars for my family to jump in a minivan and take us to Orlando International Airport. A lot of people, I feel like, would end up doing that. That they could find that you know maybe not on the way from the airport to property because you don't have that. But going but, back that way. Okay, let me just play devil's advocate. At the end of the day, you know, isn't this just you know every time anything changes, 
at Disney World, there's the the Hallelujah chorus of yeah. you know, um, oh my God, this is awful, this is awful. But really, I mean, they're what doing you're, the right thing. What you're being asked to do is leave an hour earlier. I mean, uh-huh. you're still going to need to leave three hours ahead if you're going to give yourself that two hour window, which you better give yourself right now at Orlando International. You're still going to have to leave property three hours ahead of your flight time. So they're asking an extra hour. And if Disney doesn't do it and people start missing their flights, then what's the response going to be? I miss my flight because Magical Express and now it's Disney's fault and you owe me like my child's college college tuition and (laughs) a mansion in the hills. No, I mean, that was that was going to be my point. I mean, I um, I, I'm really bad. I mean, everyone knows I'm late to a lot of stuff and everything. I was late to everything. I'm late to everything or whatever. So I'm real bad about that. I show up to the airport probably 40 minutes before my flight. So and have never missed a flight. But I also don't check bags. So that's I will carry nothing in order to not have to check. Yeah, a bag. you don't ever want to so, fly with me. Yeah. So I get to the airport like. 10 minutes before my doors close. Let's talk about, actually, let's talk talk about what happens when you're late to airports and you're flying with me, Craig. You better hope that you're flying to different end destinations. Otherwise, (laughs) the shoulder will be cold for quite a while. (laughs) I remember one, one year going out, I think it was 2014, going out to California. The last human being on the plane before they close, right before they close the door, was Mr. Craig Williams. And I told him flat out, you ever miss a business trip because you can't get to the airport on time? Look for another job. Um, I was pissed. Yeah. Because I'm that guy, I'm that guy who's there early. I am too. I will make sure that I, you know, I know what, what, what generally what amount of time it's going to take me to go through security, and I add an hour. Um, so I'm at the airport. If my flight's at 7 a.m., I'm at the airport no later than 4 or 4.30. Oh, yeah. When we flew back from California, I remember you were like, okay, this is when we're going to the airport. And I was like, why? I was like, I don't what want am that I going to str- do all this time? Like, I, sitting at the airport. It's, it's an airport with stuff to do. Um, I, you know, I can entertain my – we have devices <laughs> to entertain ourselves yeah. wherever we are, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, I don't – Traveling is stressful enough. I love to travel. I hate the process of getting there. I've said that many, many times. I don't want to add stress. So if I get to an airport and I haven't budgeted my time properly and there's a two-hour security line because something happened Mm -hmm. and, oh, my God, I'm going to miss my flight, now all of a sudden, on top of having to run around and get to the airport and get through the airport and go through security and practically get undressed before you can get on a plane. Now I've got the stress of, oh, my God, I'm going to miss my plane. I, I will say with all this, too, Steve and I were talking about it earlier before he uh, leaves for Thanksgiving. Like if you're flying Delta or JetBlue and you have to get to the airport really, really early, I feel bad because like Delta Terminal – I mean, I absolutely hate it. There's a Starbucks and there's a Burger King and there's an Outback Steakhouse and that's it. But like right now with the Southwest Terminal at Orlando, it is incredible. Like they completely redid it. They added Cask and Larder, which was the sister restaurant to uh, to Ravenous Pig Mm -hmm. and does the Polite Pig in Disney Springs. They are the like big restaurant in there right now. It's just an incredible terminal. So 
you know, if you were fretting like, oh gosh, I don't want to get there early. If you're at least like flying southwest, well, that's it's only like a vacation. If look, if you get to the airport early and security looks decent and security isn't backed up to the food court, you know, there's a lot to do in OIA before you go over to your gate. Yeah, they've been renovating the airport for what three years yeah, or so now and it's looking it's looking better and better it's an awesome airport it's one of the best airports that i i travel in and out that's always been confusing to me i don't understand why for me i mean i've been in a lot of airports and i can't think of any other airports where all the food court and the stuff to do is before you go through security like i don't understand that part of it like i feel like security should be right when you get there and then food courts and all these things like the people who are eating there are flying like that's it should be on the other side. It's really confusing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I, uh, I, I you know, as airports go, I like o, uh, OIA. And I'm just going to keep saying it because it's pissing that one guy off. <laughs> um, but I, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this. So Disney's going to reevaluate it in January. They're going to do this through the holiday season. I think it's a responsible decision. I think the people that are giving Disney crap about it need to sit down and shut up. Because you're the people that are going to miss your flights. And you're the people that are going to be demanding free free vacations because you missed your flight home so i uh you know i think they're doing the right thing and we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see so all right let's uh we're gonna move on and we're gonna talk about uh some things that happened recently some information that was revealed regarding star wars land and i'm going to throw this over to our resident star wars nerds um steve and uh charles and greg um, well, do you want to start off with the the first big one? The go ahead. Okay, the the first uh, big piece of news that we got it was last Friday. Uh, I was at a media preview in the morning for Star Tours, uh, the the new updated version of the ride that uh, they put in a scene that now has crate the the planet that will get to experience in The Last Jedi. I'm sure you've seen portions of it in the trailers at this point. If you've seen any, uh, there's a whole bunch of, like, looks kind of barren desert, but then there's also this, like, red soil, soil, which, if you ride Star Tours, and then you'll understand a little bit more of that. But we were there to see that, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But the big thing that we found out that morning and we were the very first people to say it, uh, our, our Disney rep that has just been like working so hard to try to get us exclusives every now and then, uh, she was able to secure it that we were the first people to learn the name of the new planet. And that is Batu. So B A T U U. And that is, even though it's still star Wars galaxy's edge, that's that's the full name of the land that you'll be going into. The actual planet that you will be on is Batu, so it's it's nice to be able to put a name to it because before it was this confusion of where does this actually exist in the Star Wars uh, universe? You know, it's it's obviously becoming canon and it's becoming a whole part of everything that's happening with it, uh, but. You know, it was some people were wondering or when they build Star Wars land, is it going to be uh, an extension of Tatooine? Is it going to feature uh, Endor, some other place? What's it going to be? We knew that it was going to be a distant planet, didn't know exactly what it was. And now now we finally do. So I'm just going to start calling it Batu because Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is just way too long. So you'll I, you'll hear me say Star Wars land or Batu. I think it's really cool just to know it's a small detail but i think it does have a bigger impact in that 
this is Disney's first big move in making it a fully immersive land and that you're going into a, like, yes, you can stay somewhat with the attractions that you go into the, the movies, but this is a fully immersive land where it's a, a actual place that you're visiting in the Star Wars, uh, you know, uh, uh, universe. Gal- universe. Oh. And so just having the name to put on it and every little detail that's starting <clears throat> to come out and the more we find out, the more I'm getting excited to know more and what is this place all about and, you know, what Star Wars characters are f- that we're familiar with know about this place. And so I feel like the more details that come out, the more I'm getting excited. Well, and that's to talk about the immersion in it. It is already starting now because even though we knew with the new edition that we are going to get to see Crate, uh, that was kind of the only little bit, but this this is going to have spoilers out here. So if you don't if you don't want to hear it before you go out and ride Star Tours, you know maybe skip ahead like just two or three minutes here while I'm I'm rambling on. But there will be spoilers on the new ride. Right now, the current configuration is you start off with the stormtrooper scene and then you go into the Jakku scene that was added for uh, the Force Awakens. After that. You then see one of multiple different scenarios where they talk about the rebel spy and where they need to get you. In our, except they kind of dropped the rebel spy act a little bit for it. With ours, I saw at least two. The first was uh, Maz Kanata, who is, um, you know, the who Han and Chewie and all of them go to visit in The Force Awakens, and she's going to have a much bigger role in The Last Jedi. Uh, which is kind of cool. Or then the other one we saw was Poe Dameron had a little bit where he kind of hologrammed in and started talking to us. Then we actually went to two crate right after that. And so if you remember in the one trailer, there was these weird like wolf ice wolf creatures kind of in the background. Turns out that those are actually on crate too. So it's a, it's a very strange planet, but then all that red soil, it's it. I don't know the exact type of, uh, what it is, but apparently it is some sort of like crystal. What kind of Star Wars fan are you that you don't mm-hmm. know the chemical composition of the soil on what is it? Two crate? Uh, it was on on just crate. But oh, oh crate. So, okay. Are it, you saying it's crate. to make the red lightsabers? I don't know that for sure. And we were too. They okay. They, this is going way yeah. way off the nerd no, the nerd the nerd that, track. That's so cool. What do you mean? Well, the cool part about it is uh, we we <laughs> wow. weren't really talking to uh, everyone there about Star Tour so much. Is it was kind of a get us excited about what we're going to hear about Galaxy's Edge at Galactic Nights hmm. because there are going to be a lot of new information coming out then, but. Uh, in this circumstance, what's really awesome about it is when you're flying through like this kind of glassy underground caverns, it's almost like a throwback to the original Star Tours when you would fly through the comet and it was the ice comet. And mm-hmm. apparently that was done intentionally to try to give it finally give some love back to original Star Tours. But then after you fly off crate and you, you have a little experience with Poe and then General Hux. So I like that you get the balance of the good guys and the bad guys. Okay, I've seen all the movies. I have no idea who these people uh, yeah, are. Yeah, I was like, I don't. I saw Star Wars. Poe Dameron like, is Oscar Isaac. He's the one who. Okay, you're not helping. Okay, never mind then. But then the cool part is instead of landing at a different location like you did in the end, you now land in Batu, and it's the That's final. And cool. it, they tell you like now your story's about to begin, and you're going into it. So Star Tours is going to work as kind of the first chapter of your story before you go in 
and then experience the rest of Galaxy's Edge. And that was like kind of cool, even though we couldn't go and walk right into it yet. Just knowing that people will. I'm sure they're going to change the exit to Star Tours so that way you'll end up in there. You're going to have to. But it was like, it was one of those things where, like, oh my gosh, one day you will be able to just walk out the door and you're right there. And so it's it's just the first step in it. And I am very excited for Galaxy's Edge just seeing what they did with this. That's a brilliant marketing move, too, by Disney. Because now, from now until Galaxy's Edge opens, Everyone's going to see that last scene and say, "Oh my gosh, now we have to come back." So, okay, let's let's talk about, you know, you use the word canon, Craig, and and you talk about marketing. Um, how much of this storyline they're building around Disney's Hollywood Studios do you think is going to end up in future movies as a as a marketing push back to go to Disney World? And- a ton of it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I I'm not positive at this time yet but i know they haven't uh, announced anything or anything yeah well but we know that they're gonna still continually try to put out these uh, little small stories like we had with rogue one we'll have solo coming up in 2018 uh all the obi-wan in the future all of those stories but then we also learned just a week or two ago that ryan johnson is going to start up the next trilogy that happens after this trilogy is finished with the the entire Skywalker realm. And then we have another one right after that. So will will Batu end up showing up in an actual trilogy film? I, it could absolutely happen. No, I just happen. wonder how much how much the films are going to be used as you know, adjacent marketing oh, I, for the quite, theme park. Quite a bit. So, quite a bit. I think that's the reason why. So in even in the way that they describe Batu is that it's a crossroads and that it's not it's kind of off the beaten path, but it's so it's out of the mainstream and I think that's the hint that I think it won't ever be in the movies. I don't know that for a fact, but my prediction is that's their way of saying this is not gonna be in the movies, but it is a crossroads in the play in a, in the way that you will see characters here all mingling together from different movies and different, you know, mm-hmm. coming together so that they can basically use it as that marketing tool to say, oh, it's completely in, um, in, in um, <coughs> no, but I'm in, talking in about, I'm, I'm talking more about the tail wagging the dog. You know, the normal, you know, in the normal realm of things, you know, a movie comes out, it's successful. And then characters or things related to that movie will get added into the, the pirates theme parks. syndrome. Pirates of the Caribbean is a great example there. Yeah. Um, but now I'm talking about this being done in reverse, where now this this whole storyline has been created for Hollywood Studios for Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. This whole storyline that has never appeared in any of the other films. We've never heard about you know uh, this the, this planet Batu mm-hmm. um, in any of the other films. Now it's been created for Hollywood Studios. Now, does Batu start showing up in films all of a sudden yeah. now? And so that it's kind of that almost. And, you know, yeah. when we go to Batu, are there people with mouse ears? See, I, <laughs> I think that more than likely it's going to get referenced. You know, maybe not in the movies, maybe in comic books or slightly off stuff. But the thing is, kind of like Steve said, the way that they set it up um, is for... Like, it's an out-of-the-way outpost. And by the way, to really nerd out, Wikipedia's description of it. Because so, that's a thing. I, I <laughs> Wikipedia. Am, I'm disappointed that you've never used Wikipedia. But, um, I'm not. I, look, I love yeah. Star Wars. I love the movies. I'm just not that. Yeah. I'm not that. Yeah. I'm not like 
I'm not going to talk about the chemical composition yeah. of the dirt on a planet. Yeah. Okay, but but this uh, for those who do care, um, Batu was developed before hyperspace was uh, a common form of travel. Um, so once hyperspace routes became the main way people traversed, people started spending less time on Batu, and that's when it became a uh, haven for smugglers and all that. But anyway, back to the actual. So it's point like the I was town making. in cars. Well, it, it's, it's off the highway. It's off the intergalactic highway. Um, but, uh, but yeah. No. I'm just going to say, Sean is ready to kill himself right now. I uh, know. It's only because I feel this exact same amount of, like, love and devotion for the show Once Upon a Time. So, And I could literally sit and talk about it all day. So, And I know people, like, hate it, but I still like well, I love, it. And it's I love still Once Upon a Time. Thing, so, and I can sit in random See, moments and be like, Regina did this. I know that. So the only I thing, it, The like, only thing I will geek out at this level on is Disney, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, the, what about the, Game of Thrones for you? Even Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. I've watched it. But, but to this day, you'll mention a character. I'll know the character's face. But you'll mention a character. I'm like, who are you talking about? Oh, you know, the guy that did the thing that did the thing. He, oh, OK. Yeah, he, I know who he is. He did tell the two of us to shut up about Game of Thrones while we were on our way to a Game of Thrones concert. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did indeed. I, I don't think uh, I think this is this will be a thing where elements are referenced, but no scenes in movies will actually take place. Like there won't be pivotal scenes in Batman. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, I would think that uh, like there's so much tie in between movies, books, comic books and cartoon shows mm-hmm. for like marketing and just overall story but i don't see see i i do think eventually it will pop up in something definitely like the one more than a side reference yes i think it will in a movie maybe a side reference maybe show up for a little while cartoon absolutely they're gonna go there eventually all right i could agree with you um uh and and uh out of out of mercy for my audience i'm gonna move this discussion Uh forward just a little bit um some blueprints craig yeah, uh, basically, I think it was the uh, OC. OC register yeah. out in uh, Orange County. They started looking up some of the, the blueprints that were filed with Anaheim. Like, everyone, they have to file blueprints to, to show what kind of work they're doing. And they really started to put a lot of the Disneyland land in, into perspective. Uh, and I, I, I know we knew the general size of what it was going to be and seeing that model at the d23 expo you knew that it was going to be something bigger but my god they they've just they've basically started to to put like a percentage onto it so like the 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 ride with the first order and uh that's going to be kind of on the left side of it that's going to be i believe the not the millennium falcon one the other marquee attraction it's going to take up 25 percent of the entire land Wow, and for and, and that's part of. And while that's an awesome stat, that also has me nervous because that's a big thing with Pandora. Is Pandora is a huge plot of land, but I think over half of the land that's set aside for it is just in the two show buildings. Yeah, or and I don't even know. I I think they're somehow connected as well too. Like the actual buildings are, but. Like twenty five percent of this entire land for one attraction is uh, is pretty massive, and then it just it continues going into uh, again more nerdy stuff in terms of finding out locations uh, like uh, towards the east side. Sorry, I had to think about 
geography for a second. Uh, towards the east side, that's where we're going to be able to find the cantina, uh, which will include a, a giant U-shaped bar and plenty of seating and a stage for hopefully some pretty nerdy performances. And I think some audio animatronics in there too yeah. that will be performing, which I think will be cool. Yeah, that's going to be cool. And then apparently the way they're going to do the gift shops is there's going to be Why are you this- on me? Oh, sorry. Click the wrong button. I think uh, I think it just caught me yawning. <laughs> hey, that's that's life. I I would I yawn about stuff all the time, but apparently there's going to be like this full long stretch that's only going to be all like the gift shops. So it's really going to be set up as a, a chi- an entire merchant way. Like the Batu Main Street USA. Yeah, kind of, kind of with that idea to it. So uh, it's just a whole lot of stuff like that. So of course, in the links, we'll have uh, we'll we'll showcase one to this article where you can see a little bit more in terms of what it's going to look like. But uh, it just uh, you know, it, it's all so so big, much bigger than I ever expected it to originally be just to know that to then see the model to now see the scale and that where the where the millennium falcon which you thought was going to be this big part it's now going to be super tiny and then this just little bit to it i don't think we're prepared for the scope of this land just just a quick thing uh before we wrap up on this topic but uh, I think in Hollywood Studios that will go over great with how big it is. Do you think in Disneyland, as compared for Hollywood Studios, again it's fine. I think in Disneyland though it might be weird if it's that big of that that a huge section of that park. Is it now Disneyland and Batu as like almost two parks collided, almost like Future World and World Showcase? That's I no. You don't think no. okay no no. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. But I've exhausted my patience on this subject, and I'm oh, sure you I, have, too. I was, too. like, super nerding out about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, you were. Yes, you were. Um, all right. So I want to move on to our next discussion point, although I got a lot more discussion out of that than I thought. And you did very well there. I would have expected you right down in the dirt with the other two on Star Wars. Oh, we'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, one of our, our prolific contributors, Declan Floyd, writes a lot of great stuff for us. Uh, he has an article up on the Diz right now about uh, Disney putting up the holiday decorations too early. And as I mentioned in the Daily Fix today, which I did, um, that you know the irony is not lost on me that I am you know sitting in a. It's before Thanksgiving, and I'm sitting in a studio and a house for that matter, fully decked out for Christmas. And it was fully decked out for Christmas two weeks ago. Not the studio, but the rest of the house was. Um, I am one of those people. Um, it's not like, you know, I ignore Thanksgiving. It's just that I put a lot of effort in decorating my house for Christmas. I want to enjoy it. Um, it comes down right after the new year, um, within a week. But I want to, you know, if I'm going to put this much work in, I want to enjoy it for more than like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, you know, from my standpoint, Disney does it because, you know, I think once Halloween's over, I mean, we all love Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but, you know, we're really looking forward to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Disney does it so that people that may not be able to get here mm-hmm. at the end of uh, December, the middle of December, or any time in December, can still have that experience. The, the Christmas party, the decorations, the different... You know, the, the decorations in the resorts. Um, but 
you know, uh, this is a big thing. You know, hear it all the time. You know, no decorations before Thanksgiving. Mm. Do you think Disney should adhere to that? No. Or whatever. Like, I mean, they start their Christmas parties then. Like, they all they start them like the day after Halloween. If I showed up to the Christmas party and it like wasn't decorated, I would be really confused. Well, I mean, I or think it would be it would I, I think more along the lines of not do the Christmas party oh, until I mean, later. But even now with like how many no Christmas they, stuff until right. But, you know, but even now with how many dates they do, they still sell out the the tickets or whatever like they can't keep up with the demand or whatever it could stretch into january and people would still go to the christmas party i mean i wouldn't because it's january but it's still like something people would do they're not going to give up a money-making thing like that for that's for no reason that's that's a huge point i also think that i do i think that they should give some more love to thanksgiving but that being said if you're visiting in that stretch in between halloween and christmas there's nothing you know are there really Thanksgiving Day decorations that they could put up that people would be psyched about? Where I no. think when the well, Christmas first of all, are there? I, 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 of course, there are Thanksgiving decorations, but that's really not a thing, right? Exactly. Nobody so, decorates for Thanksgiving. Exactly. You decorate for fall. So that's my. Po- that's kind of my point. But I decorate for fall, the beginning of September, because I'm so excited it's here. Yeah. I love Halloween. Love that whole season. You know, that's Mickey's not so scary. That's uh, Food and Wine Festival. My favorite season to be down here. Um, but then after two months of it, I'm done mm-hmm. and now I want my Christmas stuff up. Um, there's another part of it too. And this goes in with the, uh, people getting frustrated about Disney decorations and just generally people getting frustrated about Christmas decorations anywhere, mm-hmm. which is, you know, somebody else's enjoyment of a holiday doesn't take away from my enjoyment. And if they decide to celebrate earlier than I want, it shouldn't frustrate me or annoy me because it doesn't change how I celebrate that holiday. Um, so it's just weird to me the idea that people are walking through the parks and seeing Christmas decorations and it looks beautiful and they're just like, oh, it's, this magic ruined my day. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't affect... Um, I get you want the park to just be the park until it's that time, but we're in Florida. This is the only way we can celebrate Christmas. We don't get cold weather. We don't get... This is our winter is a lot of lights strung around. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but... Like, if we enjoy it right now, or uh, just personally, if I enjoy it, which I do, I like lights being up early and all the time, um, that doesn't mean somebody else has to start celebrating Christmas right now. I don't like Christmas music. Um, Craig loves it. If he is listening to it, it doesn't ruin my Christmas or ruin my day because he's listening to it, and I think it's too early. Like, that's just not a thing. It doesn't affect how I celebrate, you know? So I just think people... People get too wrapped up and kind of bitter about it. And that's not what Christmas is about. I I think another argument a lot of people used to make, too, was, well, you know, way back in the day, Disney didn't decorate this early. They they waited until, until after Thanksgiving, and then they really started getting stuff going. But you have to also think, too, maybe 20 years ago, you didn't, that before Animal Kingdom, you only had three parks. Uh, with Magic Kingdom probably receiving the most decorations and the amount of hotels on property was also far, far less. They have so much happening, especially that gets decorated. They're decorating they, a city. Yeah, they have to start somewhat early. And the unfortunately, the big thing they choose is, well, let's start with Magic Kingdom because they do have that hard ticket party that generates a lot of income in. And that means they can also start putting out Christmas merch, which also means they have extra income coming in. So it just, it, it makes sense in that areas. And that's why you don't see the resorts fully finished 
until right around that Thanksgiving point because, well, that's that's kind of at the end. That's where it all strings off. But uh, it's it's one of those things. You unless Disney hires enough people. And it would take a lot of people to finish the job the day after Thanksgiving and get it ready. That's they can't. They have to do it this way. Now, historically, though, let's talk about this from the other side. Historically, these decorations will still be up in the middle of January, and that's where I get annoyed. Um, it's like in the run up to Christmas, I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. but then once the big day happens. It's over. I and like I'm all uh, I'm all for like through New Year's. That's fine. Like I said, you know, my my decorations will come down, you know, by the first weekend of January. Uh of of January. Mm-hmm. By by the first weekend of January, um my decorations will be down. Everything will be down. Um but you know, I think there was one year, I forgot, I think we were over at Wilderness Lodge. It was like the 20th of January. And the Christmas tree was still in the lobby. And it's like, okay, Christmas is almost a month old now. Okay, it's time. It's time to let go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but is that, you know, can the same argument be made there that I'm making for putting them up early? That I- people don't get to come during the holidays and that, you know, January is historically a little less crowded, not as much now as it was a few years ago, also a little less expensive. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, but does anybody want, does it, do people really want a Christmas experience in January I versus think, November? I think marathon runners do. I think a lot of them don't get to come during that Christmas point, unless they're everyone, then sometimes they'll see it with the food and wine half. But a lot of times they won't like you're not going to come in mid-December, spend all that money to come here and then come for the marathon again the next month. So good point. And that does bring in a lot of people. It bring Mm -hmm. usually like the marathon weekend brings 100,000 people into the area. So uh, and so I kind of see it from that at the same time, too. I think a lot of it's just it takes so much effort to put this stuff up. I'm guessing that Disney just doesn't do like how you pack up for to leave a vacation at the end or how we unpack or pack up our Christmas decorations is just throw them into a giant ball, shove them into a, a container and then get rid of them. I'm sure they take a long time making sure it's all put away. Safe. So say, say, Oh yeah, no, the, 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 uh, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they used to do a tour where they would take you back to where the Christmas yeah. decorations are. That goes on all year. Yeah. Holiday all service. year long. Um, they are, you know, pulling, taking um, decorations, you know, replacing what needs to be replaced, fixing what needs to be fixed. This goes on all year. So they have a staff of people that elves. do that. Nothing but, yes, mm-hmm. it's, they're elves. Um, uh, elves, oh, never mind. Um, so that being said, I think what I want to do, Steve, I want you to put a poll on our Facebook page. We're going to ask folks what you think. Uh, Facebook.com slash Diz Unplugged. Uh, it'll also be on Facebook.com slash The Diz. And uh, tell us what you think. Okay to put them up early? Okay to leave them up late? 
I, know to both. I think the thing is, like, on the front end of it, I'm okay with it because, I mean, even beyond, like, the money-making part of it for Disney, I'm okay with it because it is a way, like, you can come for Thanksgiving. I mean, uh, you can come around Thanksgiving time. You can come in November, celebrate Christmas at Disney. There may be, like, relatives from around the country that that's where you're going to see them is and, like, do Christmas at that point. And then you can still have Christmas at your own house with your own family on Christmas Day kind of thing. And then for the after part, it may also be a thing of where Disney likes to take them down when there is going to be less people in the parks because it's less obtrusive or like obstructive to well, a lot of this stuff happens overnight. It literally. does, but like it's also a thing where like sometimes like the castle's blocked whenever they're having to like take down the icicle lights and all that kind of stuff. And people hate that. Like more than anything. If there's like a crane in their shot, like, they're the most <laughs> upset about that than anything. So that I think that maybe that's even a big part of you it. You know that crane had become ubiquitous when Disney fans named it Ichabod for it its Facebook page, I think. It had its own Facebook page, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So all right, we'll put that poll up and uh, next week we'll talk about the results of that on the show. Um let's go ahead, we'll wrap up That'll wrap up our news block, and we're going to move on to Rapid Fire. And we're going to start with you, Sean. All righty. The uh, Mexico Pavilion in Epcot is getting a new mariachi band. It's called El Mariachi Coco de Santa Cecilia. And uh, it's going to have music inspired by the Disney Pixar film Coco, which comes out in two days um, on 22nd of November. And uh, the celebration of Dia de los Muertos is coming to the Mexico Pavilion. Uh, it's blah, gonna, blah, 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 blah. They're going to run through January 6th. Um, named for the town of Santa Cecilia, seen in the film. Uh, the mariachi band will perform songs from the movie, including the beautiful Remember Me and the heartwarming The World Is Me Familia, which I don't know either of those songs because the movie's not out. At the outdoor Mexico character greeting location, um, it's going to run at Mexico. Donald Duck will greet guests inside the inside the pyramid instead of being outside the pyramid. Um, so if you came specifically for Donald Duck, you'll have to go find him inside and also like the margarita booths open and all that that's next door i can't remember the name of it but that also happened in the last week so Chosa. yeah yes. Chosa Chosa. yeah so mexico got a little bit of a makeover here and so you can go see coco and then go hear the mirror well too bad band. they didn't do a makeover of the rest of the restaurant um, oh yeah i don't like that one. that's a horrible restaurant yeah um so you can go to the mexico pavilion and see the new mariachi band and hear the songs when you go see the movie i guess so or beforehand and i'm i'm actually very excited that they're putting so much coco forward because yeah. it is getting just rave reviews and it's like now it is the highest grossing movie ever in mexico mm-hmm. because it released earlier and the buzz has just been amazing so oh, nice. i am very much looking forward oh yeah i want to see it. it quick speculation do you think it'll eventually take over grand fiesta tour that's what the rumors were pointing to and i thought before that it wasn't going to do that well and that's why they were pushing all that olaf's frozen adventure down people's throat trying to get them in the theaters for that but now the buzz is so good for the movie itself and like in mexico people were getting pissed off that they had to sit through olaf before they actually got to see the movie anyway. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be a pretty big hit. And yeah, mm-hmm. it could easily do that. All right. Thank you, Sean. Charles. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we now have the full menus uh, for the 15 holiday kitchens that are uh, part of the Epcot International Festival of the Holidays. 
Um, and if you'd like, I can read you off all 15 of those full menus. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> Actually, I'm going in the wrong order. I told Craig I was going to go in a different order for this. Yeah, I didn't want to correct you, so I figured I'd just <laughs> yeah. go with it. But make believe he didn't talk. Craig, what do you got? Oh, uh, so if you really, if you haven't invested in uh, in Glow with the Show made with Magic Gears 1.0 or 2.0, if you go ahead and buy Made with Magic 3.0 connected ear hats, then when you're watching the Dis- wonderful world of Disney magical holiday celebration, you will be able to glow at home with your brand new ears uh, via Bluetooth with the help of the Shop Disney Parks app. I, You know what? The first time I got to see the glow with the show ears work perfectly was at the debut of World of Color Winter Dreams when they gave them to every single person. In the audience, and when you see it like that, was the last time they worked. Yeah, when you see it like that, that's amazing. And then a couple times here and there, got to see it where they gave everyone the ears, and so it was awesome. But if there's only two people in the crowd wearing them, and they can't even see the ears, I mean, we've been talking about it for years. They are so stupid; they have never caught on. But Disney is still trying to make it happen, just like Doctor Facilier. What would the show happen? It's it, between them and Dr. Facilier. Well, Stop trying the, to make people, it happen. From the people that brought us Duffy the Bear. You know, they're still trying to make Duffy the Bear happen. Hey, people love... And what I hear, though, that's another one of those things. In the Asian parks, mm-hmm. people love the Made with Magic and Glow with the Show. Well, leave it there, then. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> Come up with something we like. But, hey, if you want to glow with the show at home, glow at home. Buy more $30 ears. All right. Thank you, Craig. Steven. All right. Over at Disney Springs, they're now offering hands-free shopping. Uh, essentially, when you go into a Disney store at Disney Springs, um, you have the option now of receiving a tag that coordinates with the item that you purchased. Um, and then that item will then be sent to the Welcome Center. And then before you're done shopping, you go to the Welcome Center with all the tags that you've collected and collecting all your items so that you don't have to be walking around Disney Springs um, holding a bunch of bags. So... I don't know. It's kind of neat. Uh, I, I don't think I'll ever use the service, but I could see someone that would. Mm-hmm. I could see that type of express service being this very, is, very useful. This is probably. I would guess this is also a test to see how well this goes. To say, well, let's could we do this at the theme parks too? So, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can now. Ha- I mean, you can have your packages sent to the front of the park. Yeah, yeah. but uh, what what do APs do? What are you talking about? So it could oh, the, just the front of the park. Yeah, oh, I you can have it. Sent, oh, I didn't yeah, even know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can have packages sent to the front of the park. So oh. you I just don't. have to remember to get them. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> a, 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 a bunch of plants from Flower and Garden are still wilting somewhere. And... <laughs> All right, thank you, Steve. Um, yeah, now we were going to end with Charles's rapid fire talking about the menus for Festival of the Holidays at. At, uh, at at Epcot, so that we could segue into our final block discussion um, this week, uh, talking about our must dos for the holidays with Thanksgiving coming uh, in just a few days. Hard to believe. Um, it really does mark the beginning of the Christmas season, unless you live in my house, and that happened on November second. Uh, and you know, we have our things that we look forward to at Disney every year. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go first here because I want to play a little clip of something Craig put up, uh, filmed and put up, uh, 
few days ago, over at Universal, they've started doing a new holiday show with projections on the Hogwarts castle. Absolutely spectacular, but don't take my word for it. Check out a little bit of it here. So, amazing, right? Absolutely beautiful uh, what they did. Seven-minute seven, seven minute show, was it? Yeah, seven it was roughly minutes? seven minutes, yeah. So, it's not, you know, ridiculous. Um, and that's something I have to get over and say. Mm-hmm. You ha- I think that for as beautiful as that video is, Craig, and I mentioned that to you before, I thought you did a beautiful job with that. Um, as beautiful as that video is, I can only imagine it is even more beautiful in person. And uh, U- Universal's upping their game. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, there is another thing. I'm going to do it. Um, I, I've got to make reservations. They still do the Grinch breakfast, right? Yeah. yeah yep, they yeah. do. Got to do that on my birthday this year. Oh, that'd be fun. Got, December 6th. December 6th. I got to go do that. Um, because the guy that they have playing the Grinch always, always is phenomenal. Very funny. Very, very funny. So um, definitely want to do that. That's something I'm looking forward to. Uh, this season, of course, Candlelight Processional is a mainstay um, for many of us. Um, it's become a thing for Mom and I on her birthday, uh, which is December 10th. Um, and uh, we always go and we have dinner at Rose and Crown in the UK and then go see go see the Candlelight Processional. So always look forward to that. Um, and of course, you know, just kind of doing the resort hopping and yep. seeing all the mm-hmm. different decorations and things that they do buying the gingerbread houses 
um, at the different, you know, and because the, they're always selling like you know the peppermint bark and mm-hmm. and that's I love that. I absolutely love that. What about you, Gregory? What are you looking forward to? Ha, ha man, uh, so much. Like the one thing that I look forward to every year that's off property. Uh, now, after I, I went there for the first time, way back recording, um, when went to ice at Gaylord's Palms. Mm. Uh, it yeah. is just I. It might be one of my favorite things. First off, because I love the temperature in there when you get to walk in and just freeze your cojones off it is you're you're naturally very frigid so yeah um, no i I mean i love the cold but it's even better than when you get to be super cold in there because of it just like 20 degrees in there oh it's wonderful and all the ice sculptures that they have are just just so amazing and you know the theme changes each year some years it's better than other like the first year i did it was uh night before christmas uh, last year it was awesome because it was peanuts and uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. This year it's holidays around the world, so I think there's some promise there. Uh, but I, I love doing that. Uh, in terms of uh, at Walt Disney World, I am now that the menus are out that Charles was going to talk about. They have seemed to have changed up how they did it last year. Last year they had all the kiosks around, but they were like full size big food portions, uh, more like little mini meals. This feels like it's back to that kind of food and wine, flower garden, small plate styles. So get to choose, uh, try a lot more options uh, throughout all of World Showcase. And they brought back an eggnog beer made by Shipyard that they had last year. That Okay, was like, that just sounds oh, vile on levels I can't describe. It was awesome. I cannot wait to get back and get it. Rhino and I got it like the first weekend and then went back the next one, and they were completely tapped out. Sean, you're a beer drinker who hates eggnog. So are you looking forward to eggnog beer? God, no. <laughs> I mean, it might be great. I mean, it's not that I won't drink it. It's just it doesn't sound – it wouldn't be my first choice, but if somebody put it in front of me and was like, drink this, then I would. Christmas but. in a cup. Just as everything should be. I'll have it. Uh, (laughs) It's worth the shot, I guess. But yeah, and then I I rave. I've been raving about it. I'm I'm starting to become the minority on it, but uh, I I am still so impressed with the projections on Tower of Terror. Uh, I know a lot of people are really underwhelmed. I'm sorry, it's never going to be Osborne. Osborne was something completely different. They can't do it anymore. But for what they can do in that park. I don't care that it doesn't match the theme of Tower of Terror. It's get over it. It's a really nice extra addition that they didn't have to do. But it yeah, puts they you did. The Three quarters of their park is closed. It's a- something they absolutely ha- everything they do they absolutely have to do because they are still charging full price for a park that is virtually shut down. When there are more bars in the park than there are attractions. They are absolutely obligated to do everything imaginable to compensate for that fact until Toy Story Land and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge open up. Can I go off of that then? Sure. I will say that Hollywood Studios, that almost that entire park now is decorated, which I think is awesome. That well, it's also thing. it's also about three blocks long. I well, mean, yeah, so. but I mean, it's still it is what it is, and they've done what the best with what they can do. I don't know. They. They're getting ready for Star Wars. I'm still bitter about the fact that that is still, you know, there's no price adjustment for the fact well, that yeah, half of that park literally is under construction. Well, yeah. Um, and that's that's just ballsy. It's just ballsy. But, okay. 
But Craig, you you like that? Oh no, I do. I love the I love all the sunset seasons greetings videos that they play on there. I think it is just it's it's the right small addition. Uh, in the fact that it's only 15 minutes to see all of them, you know, it's not like you're waiting around all night. They play, they blow snow out onto Sunset Boulevard, which is always nice. The decorations in Echo Lake area are just, they, it is, it makes you feel like you're in an old Hollywood Christmas. What has that gotten area. into you? You are so, I mean, Everything he's discussed today, he's been so excited about. You don't see this kind of emotion from Craig usually. I love Star Wars, and I love Christmas, and and I love old Hollywood, too. And I feel like they are giving Hollywood Studios a different identity than this complete mismatched one that they've been having. Does this go away? Does this go away when Star Wars opens? <sighs> I mean, that's the, the one the one worrisome part is like with galactic nights on december 16th they are doing the the star wars projections on tower of terror that night and i know they did in disneyland paris i think instead of having a galaxy far far away on like a chinese theater they did theirs on tower of terror so uh, i am slightly nervous that they they could end up doing a lot more stuff but hopefully that's kept for special events um but yeah i think i think the whole holidays at hollywood studios i think that's going to get a lot of positive feedback i mean they already looked at jingle bell jingle bam last year it got ripped apart as it should it was not a great show and the big complaint was you cheaped us out on fireworks and they fixed it so uh they're clearly listening to people okay good charles what are you uh, looking forward to? A uh, quick question. Uh, Craig, Steve, do either one of you ever watch the Star Wars Christmas special for Christmas? I I can't get over That's watching thing? really yeah. bad. It, it's, yeah. it's great. It's awful, but it's great. I, I don't like watching really bad copies of stuff, so mm-hmm. the only ones on YouTube are like just terrible to watch i have watched it before but i do every year i listen to christmas in the stars the <laughs> the star wars christmas album yeah that is just awful but i've never seen it you you need to give it a watch yeah um yeah no uh anything oh this is the one they put on television you're talking about yeah Back years and years ago yeah oh yeah, yeah i've like heard i've never seen for, it but i've heard it was yeah it's awful. um the wookies are celebrating life day yeah um <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, anything anything projection oriented, I love. Um, I don't have like I don't have a long list of traditions. I'm just starting to pick them up now. Um, so um, already hit Mickey's very merry. Um, and as I mentioned before, that was kind of like an anniversary of me um, going back to Disney parks. I've been to Universal during the winter, but I've never been for any of the Christmas stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, any of the, the projection shows over on Hogwarts or on tower of terror, those things are, uh, those things are really awesome. Plus I kind of like to hop around a little, um, and look at the life-size gingerbread scale model things and just do like a resort hopping day and just like check those out so you know i mean there's always stuff to do so i'm i'm in the period where i'm now making new traditions to follow through with later awesome sean what about you what are you looking forward to um 
I don't know what's left. Um, I think. Well, uh, it doesn't have to be yeah, something no, no, different. No, I'm I still mean. thinking of something else. Well, I mean, the one of the things I always used to do before I moved here um, was we had the Gaylord Opry Hotel. So they have ice yeah. there every year. Um, so possibly it's a thing even around the country. So if you live near a Gaylord Hotel, they probably have ice as a show there that you can go. Or it's a display, really. Um, so I actually do go uh, to that at the the Gaylord Palms here or whatever every year. And um, they have, like, sledding and whatever else they got going on in there. So that's a really great thing. And then um, my big thing is going over to Celebration because I think it's really, oh, the yeah, only, that's true. it's really the only area in this area where you can feel like you've left Florida. And, I mean, it's very well decorated. They have an outdoor ice skating rink, uh, even in the hottest of, of days or whatever. So you get to kind of experience those things that, like, I've never gotten to do. But, like, I've seen it in movies where, like, people in the north or wherever they live, that it snows. Um, so I've never gotten to see it. So I don't know. But they, uh, um, you know, so that's a really cool thing. Um, I I like the claymation movies or whatever like the claymation rudolph and all that and they have those at sea world so i mean i don't go to sea world the rank like you all, mean the rank of in bass uh uh rudolph the red nose reindeer television yeah, 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 special yeah, yeah. the yeah, the, yeah. The, the all those like frosty the snowman or Yukon, that wasn't right? that, that yeah, wasn't claymation those aren't claymation they're stop motion animation stop motion animation okay yeah so they have those there and they also have like an ice skating show or whatever which i think is pretty cool so oh it's that's, terrible that's going on over I, I just like seeing people get to do it is the thing or whatever so i'm like oh cool like that's something different that you don't get to see at the other parks or whatever if that's something you you want to go see i'm not the biggest sea world fan in the world but um at christmas no i i actually agree with you if i was to choose one time a year to go to sea world um like if I didn't have an annual pass or anything, yeah. I would actually choose Christmas. Right. They they put on a lot of stuff in for those people who are still so hurt over Osborne lights. They do have their own lighted tree trail too, so you can see it's not impressive, but they have. <laughs> <laughs> they have it. It's just not very good. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm gonna give something that I think is probably a very um uh, unpopular opinion, but I actually don't like the Osborne Lights show. I never liked it. I didn't think it was good. I, it, Steve it, just audibly it, gasped. It felt like being on like some Osborne like drug trip or something. Like I'm like this is it's so it, there was no theme. It was such a mess. Like I did not like it. So I. I'm glad it's gone. So it was never my thing. I was like, Ugh, like there's just random colors of lights. And I was like, who picked this? I don't know. Oh, so, no, I think I you're the like only it. person no. on earth to say I, that. I don't like it. Uh, no. I mean, it was a big, bright display. So I like that because I like shiny things and can walk after them. But I was still was like, Ugh. like, it's just, I don't know. Uh, Disney does such better theming stuff. The, usually the plot so. was derivative. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Steve? Uh, a couple things. Uh, Charles mentioned uh, resort hopping for sure, checking out those decorations. I think I really want to do uh, hoop de doo for Christmas because I've done it. I did it like two years ago around Christmas, and they have the Christmas decorations in there, and they do sing some Christmas songs during it. So that's always really fun. Um, eh, just the Christmas party. I know that's kind of an easy like one to mention, but well, I mean, you're just, you just you also you just got married. Mm-hmm. Just uh, bought your first house. Yeah. Um, so those traditions are yet to come. Yeah. Um, True. You know, with your wife, and yeah. eventually with. But we bought some three little, little sto- three little stockings. So me, Michaela, and our dog have a little 
Oh, the dog. I thought he was just about to drop some news. On <laughs> yeah, this. really. It's like, okay. Uh, yeah, no. Bell, Bell, our dog, gets a stocking. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've told you, they, you know, it starts with the dog and then it moves into children. So, but uh, yeah, I'm, you know, again, for me, this whole time of year, starting in September, when the Halloween party, oh, excuse me, August, when the Halloween party starts, <laughs> um, moving on through Food and Wine Festival, um, the Christmas stuff, you know, Halloween, all that. I, I just love it. I love it. Um, look forward to it every year. Um, but yeah, now that I've been down here, you know, going on 20 years now, I, I've got things that, you know, just always do. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we always do. Um, and uh, But I, I definitely have to check out. Craig has been raving about Hollywood Studios and the decorations. Mm-hmm. I have to go They're check great. it out yeah. um, and see see what it looks like so but thank you guys thanks for helping helping us put together a a, a slightly unorthodox show um and thank you for bearing with us we hope you enjoyed it we'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged thanks for being with us everyone and remember happy Thanksgiving stay safe <laughs> <laughs>